the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If God is sovereign, and he is, and therefore he has decreed, and he has, the precise timing of the day of the Lord, as well as everything else, then how can we possibly speed up its coming? How can we hasten something that God has sovereignly decreed? And the answer is this, that God in his sovereignty has factored our actions into the determination of the timing of the day of the Lord. As amazing as it sounds, God uses us to move his prophetic program along so that without violating his sovereign timing, we actually have a part in accelerating the coming of the end times. How can we hasten something God has already decreed? Now that's a tough question, isn't it? It gets into the tension that has confounded theologians for centuries. It's the tension between human responsibility and divine sovereignty. Since no one other than God really understands how these seemingly opposite concepts work together, we won't be expecting a solution to that puzzle today. What we will hear today on Verse by Verse is how we should live in the light of those doctrines and the teachings that we'll find in 2 Peter chapter 3. We are glad you could join us today for the first part of a three-part message about the return of Christ. It's the fifth message in a series of six. Pastor teacher Steve Kreloff is our teacher for these radio Bible classes. Pastor Steve has been serving since 1981 at Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. Now his messages are available to a wider audience by means of this broadcast. If you have your Bible and would like to follow along, we will be reading starting at 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 10 in just a minute. And now here is Pastor Steve. In the spring of 1871, a young man read 21 words that was to change his life forever. This young man's name, and maybe you've heard of him, was William Osler. He was a medical student who at that time in his life was preoccupied with worries. He was a worrier. What was he worried about? Well, he was worried about passing the final exam in medical school. He was worried about where to go after medical school. He was worried about how to build a practice after he graduated and things of that nature. Well, the 21 words that this young medical student read in 1871 helped him to become one of the best known and most accomplished physicians in the world. He organized the now famous Johns Hopkins School of Medicine he became the Regus Professor of Medicine at Oxford, which was the highest honor bestowed upon a physician in the British Empire. He was knighted by the King of England, and when he died, two huge volumes were needed to tell the story of his life. Well, the 21 words that transformed Dr. Osler from a warrior into a doer of great things and uh, of great deeds were written. These words were written by Thomas Carlyle. And here are the 21 words. 
He said, our main business is not to see what lies dimly at a distance, but to do what lies clearly ahead. Let me read that again. Our main business is not to see what lies dimly at a distance, but to do what lies clearly ahead. Now, these words by Carlisle could easily be applied to the study of Bible prophecy, though I doubt that's what he had in mind. See, our our main concern when it comes to the study of future events is not really to figure out all of those details and unclear details about tomorrow's prophetic picture, because many of those things have not been clearly revealed to us. We, we have an understanding of the future events, but we don't have an understanding of everything. Some of those things are rather dim and, and unclear to us. So our main concern should not be to figure all of that out, but our concern should be to make sure that what we do today are those things that God has clearly told us to do. You see, there is always the potential danger when we're studying prophecy, future events, that we can become so preoccupied with the future and, and things that are really, as I said, not very clear, that we, we tend to neglect the things that God uh, really has made clear for us as we get kind of pre uh, or absorbed with prophetic events. We need to be very careful about that. That's why some have accused Christians of being so heavenly minded that they're of no earthly good. And we need to be aware of that. Well, this morning, we're going to study a portion of scripture that shows us the balance between knowing the future and obeying God in the present. And that is found in Second Peter chapter three. We're going to continue our study of Second Peter. And we are into a prophetic portion of scripture. And we need to be very careful that we understand the balance that God's word tells us. Second Peter chapter 3, let me read to you verses 10 through 14. We began this last week, but we're just continuing it. He writes, But the day of the Lord will come like a thief, in which the heavens will pass away with a roar, and the elements will be destroyed with intense heat, and the earth and its works will be burned up. Since all these things are to be destroyed in this way, what sort of people ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness, looking for and hastening the coming of the day of God, because of which the heavens will be destroyed by burning and the elements will melt with intense heat. But according to his promise, we're looking for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. Therefore, beloved, since you look for these things, be diligent to be found by him in peace, spotless and blameless. Now, last week, we observed several truths about these verses that help to put the passage into perspective. So let's let's look at that again. First of all, it's important to keep in mind that uh, this passage, in fact, the entire chapter of 2 Peter 3 is about the second coming of Jesus Christ and specifically judgments, the judgments that will that will come in the future. And the reason that Peter focuses on the second coming of Christ and future judgments is because there were false teachers in the church threatening these new believers concerning uh, future events and, and the doctrine of the return of Christ. And the reason they were denying it and even mocking it is because they wanted to uh, believe in their own minds that there would be no consequences for their sin that they could behave any way they wanted and there would be no judgment. So they knew that judgment and the return of Christ are identified together. And so they just mocked and denied the return of Christ as if that would cause them to escape any future consequences for sin. 
So Peter writes in response to that to, to deal with the false teachers, but also to clarify to, the, uh, to these relatively new believers about the coming of Christ, specifically also judgment. Second thing to keep in mind, these verses are about a future uh, time of, of judgment known as the day of the Lord. He mentions that in verse 10, but the day of the Lord will come. He also mentions the day of God in verse 12, which probably is synonymous. The day of the Lord. What is the day of the Lord? The day of the Lord, contrary to what you might initially think, is not one day. It is, a, and we know this from the rest of Scripture, it is a time period, a time period beginning with the seven-year tribulation period, known in the Bible also as the time of Jacob's trouble, as well as the 70th week of Daniel. But we usually refer to it as the seven-year tribulation period. It will continue with the return of Christ at the end of that tribulation period. The day of the Lord then continues throughout the millennial reign of Jesus Christ, that is the 1,000-year reign of Christ on this earth for a 1,000 years and then the, uh, the day of the Lord continues. It, it comes really to a close at the end of the millennial kingdom, which will usher in the great white throne judgment. And, uh, and then that's what Peter is talking about in verse 10, about the judgment that will follow of which the earth and the universe will be burned up. That's, that's the, really the prophetic calendar. And that's what he's talking about the day of the Lord. So following that kingdom age, the golden age, the messianic age, God is going, to, is going to destroy this physical universe by burning it. However, what we said last week is very important to keep in mind. He will not annihilate this earth and the universe. It will not be destroyed in the sense that it will not exist anymore. It will be rearranged. It will be transformed. We know that because verse 13 says that uh, speaks of his promise of, of looking for a new heavens and a new earth. So out of the flames of judgment, the judgment of fire, will come a new world characterized by righteousness, Peter says. No sin. You will not struggle with your sin. You will not struggle with anybody else's sin. You'll be free of sin. There won't be any presence of sin in this new world. We also know this from Revelation chapter 21, which we looked at last week. Another point to keep in mind is, is this. It is in light of this truth that everything is going to be burned up. Everything is going to be destroyed. Everything is going to go up in flames that Peter challenges us in verse 11, in which he says, since all these things are to be destroyed in this way, what sort of people ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness? This is not so much a, a question as it is a personal challenge to us. If someday we know that everything we see is going to go up in smoke, and it is, what kind of people should we be? Now, think about that. All the beautiful trees you see outside, the beautiful palm trees and evergreen trees and, and flowers that'll be uh, blooming and, and all, all of these things, all that's going to be destroyed. Buildings will be destroyed. The cars that we love so much will be destroyed. Our bank accounts, destroyed. Our banks, destroyed everything. What kind of people ought we to be? And Peter answers that generally by telling us in verse 11, we ought to be holy, we ought to be godly, but he goes beyond that. He, he not only tells us generally in verse 11, but Peter really answers for us. He speaks up and he tells us in the verses to follow specifically how we should behave in a tangible way. And he gives us four qualities that ought to characterize every believer, every believer. 
Pastor Steve will return to discuss those four qualities in just a minute. We would like to take a short break to greet those of you who have just tuned in. You are listening to Verse by Verse, and we're glad to have you with us today for this daily radio Bible class. Pastor Teacher Steve Kreloff of Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida, is leading us in a series of lessons from 2 Peter chapter 3, and the topic is the return of Christ. Today's class is the start of a three-part message, the fifth in a series of six on the topic. If you missed the start of class and want to hear what you missed, or if you want to hear the entire message at one time, keep listening at the end of the program for the information I will give you then. Pastor Steve has been serving at Lakeside since 1981. Now, Verse by Verse Ministries makes his practical messages available to you through this radio station. Well, let's get ready to return to our classroom. We are at verse 12 of 2 Peter chapter 3. We see from what Peter wrote here, as well as from other scripture passages, that someday the Lord will destroy everything and make a new world free from sin, sadness, and pain. Pastor Steve is about to tell us four qualities that, in light of what Peter wrote in this chapter, ought to characterize every single Christ follower. And by the way, did you know that when God made these prophecies, He included you? We heard mention of that at the start of class, and Pastor Steve will explain that statement soon. Here he is now with the second half of the class. Last week, we looked at the first of these qualities found in, in verse 12. What kind of people ought we to be? First of all, we ought to be a people characterized by expectancy. Expectancy. He says in verse 12, he begins by saying, looking for the coming of the day of God. Peter instructs us to look forward with great anticipation to that, that day of judgment. Not because we love judgments. Not because it's going to be a pretty picture, but what will come out of that day will be perfect righteousness, a new world. And we ought to be excited about that. I, I have tried each day this week, the, uh, the application assignment I really gave you last week, to be thinking as, I, as I'm driving, as I'm, as I'm thinking of things, to consciously make an effort to think that everything that, that I see is going to be burned up. I'll tell you, it, it gives you a whole new perspective. Now, it doesn't mean we shouldn't be a good steward of the earth and, and the, the properties we have, but we shouldn't love those things. We shouldn't adore those things. We shouldn't hold on tightly to those things because they're only temporary. And that's what Peter's point is. We look forward to a new world coming, and it will help us even now to put in perspective that we need to live godly lives, lives in light of eternity, because everything we see around us is not eternal. What we don't see, those things are eternal. So we need to have eternal, an eternal perspective of what's really important in life. And that's why Peter goes on in verse 12, same verse, to tell us another quality that ought to characterize our lives. Because what really is important? At the beginning of verse 12, and before that, Peter has told us what's not important. The things of, of a physical nature. I'm not talking about people here, but the things of a physical nature, man's achievements. All of those things are going to be burned up. That's what's not important. But what is important? In light of the coming judgment, what is important? That's the second quality that he's going to tell us about. How should we live? We should be a people characterized by expectancy. Secondly, we should be a people characterized by godly activity. And this is where we left off last week. Godly activity. I want to look once again at verse 12. There is a phrase that we didn't go over last week and purposely left it out because 
it's a unit in and of itself, and we're going to have to think through this. This is not easy to, uh, to, to study, but it is necessary. Notice again, verse 12, Peter says, looking for, and then he adds, and hastening the coming of the day of God, because of which the heavens will be destroyed by burning and the elements will melt with intense heat. I want you to notice that, that Peter tells us that we are in some way to hasten the arrival of the coming day of judgment. Now, now that ought to raise all kinds of questions in your mind. First of all, first question is, what does he mean by hastening? What does he mean to hasten? Well, the Greek word that's used here sometimes, and only sometimes, means to earnestly desire something. But that is not the usual uh, way that this word is used. Only once in a while it's used, and it has to be sort of a verbal form and, and all that. But only sometimes it's used to mean earnestly desiring something. So, so there are some who say that what Peter is saying is that we ought to earnestly desire the day of God to come. But that can't be what Peter meant, and I'll tell you why. It can't be because he's already just said that. He wouldn't repeat himself in the same phrase. He said, looking forward to the day of God. Looking forward is what he's talking about when, when, it, when he's referring to anticipating and eagerness. He's not going to say looking forward and then looking forward. That, that wouldn't make sense, no? Uh, the normal and more usual usage of this Greek word, in fact, this is how it's used in the Greek New Testament, this word that's translated hastening means literally to speed up, to accelerate, to urge on. And that's how Peter is using it here. So that ought to raise a major question in your mind. And here, here's the question. If God is sovereign, and by sovereign, I mean that God is, is on the throne. He is the supreme ruler of the universe and everything is ultimately under his control. That's what we mean by sovereign. If God is sovereign, and he is, and therefore, he has, he has decreed, and he has, the precise timing of the day of the Lord, as well as everything else, then how can we possibly speed up its coming? That's a legitimate question to ask. How can we hasten something that God has sovereignly decreed? And the answer is this, that God in his sovereignty has factored our actions into the determination of the timing of the day of the Lord. In other words, as amazing as it sounds, God uses us to move his prophetic program along so that without violating his sovereign timing, we actually have a part in accelerating the coming of the end times. Now, in case you're sitting there thinking, I don't know what in the world he's talking about, I want you to understand that I don't fully understand what I'm talking about either. I do not fully understand this concept. In fact, I understand very little of it because it is really impossible for our minds, our minds affected by sin, to fully grasp how human responsibility and divine sovereignty work together. I know of no theologian who has ever figured it out. I don't believe the Apostle Paul understood it. Only the Lord himself understands and knows all about this, and it works together. There are a number of tensions in the Word of God. This is one of those tensions, divine sovereignty and human responsibility. It's a tension. It's a, it, let God be God. There are a number of tensions in the Word like this. It's not a contradiction. 
It's just a tension. Just because we can't reconcile it in our minds doesn't mean it's not true. What you want to make sure you don't do is don't water down divine sovereignty or water down human responsibility. Let them stand as God has presented it. Don't try to figure it out. But I want you to know they do work together, whether we understand that or not. Someone, and I've told you this before, but it, it's just worth hearing again. Someone said to uh, ask Charles Spurgeon, who believed deeply in divine sovereignty and believed deeply in the responsibility, uh, uh, human responsibility. They said, how do you reconcile divine sovereignty and human responsibility? And he said, I don't. I never reconcile friends. They are friends. They're not at war with each other. Let them be friends. Peter tells us that we have a responsibility to do something that speeds up the coming of this day of fiery judgment. Now, going beyond that, we need to ask ourselves another question. We've asked ourselves, what is the meaning of hastening? And it means to speed up, to accelerate. Then we looked at, and we'll look more at divine sovereignty and human responsibility. It's a tension that, that exists. It's okay. Let it exist. You don't have to reconcile it. But now we ask ourselves a third question. What can we possibly do that will move along the day when God will judge the earth with fire? What does he expect us to do? To answer that, I, th I think the first thing that we have to ask ourselves is this question. Is there anything revealed in Scripture, anything that God has revealed that says it, it affects something that happens that affects the timing of Christ's return? Is there anything God has revealed to us that would affect the timing of the return of the Lord Jesus? And the answer is yes, right in this context. If you go back to verse 9. He said, and we looked at this several weeks ago, he said, the Lord is not slow about his promise as some count slowness. So the reason that Jesus has not returned has nothing to do with slowness. He's not lazy. He's not procrastinating. He's not busy doing other things. And, and when I get around to it, then I'll return. It's not like that at all. But he is patient, Peter tells us, towards you, towards the elect, towards those who God has chosen. He is patient towards you, not wishing for any, meaning any of you, any of the elect, to perish, but for all, meaning all the elect, to come to repentance. It is God's mercy and God's patience that holds back the coming of Jesus Christ because he is waiting for the elect to come to him. So according to this verse, what determines, in one sense, the coming of Jesus Christ, the second coming of Christ, is the evangelistic efforts that go on in bringing the elect to himself. Once again, God is, God is sovereign. When the elect hear the gospel, they will eventually come to Christ. And here's the point. The sooner the elect come to Jesus Christ, the sooner the kingdom arrives. The sooner the kingdom arrives, the sooner the judgment of fire takes place. Pastor Steve will continue that thought next time on Verse by Verse. It's amazing and impossible to fully understand, but when we share Christ with the people around us, we are part of fulfilling God's plan for the universe. We encourage you to join us for our next Verse by Verse as Pastor Steve develops that thought. It was great to have you with us today. Our teacher is Pastor Steve Kreloff of Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. Since 1981, Pastor Steve has been serving at Lakeside, and now his ministry has expanded to include these daily Bible classes of the air. If you're in the Clearwater area on a Sunday morning and looking for a place to worship, we would be pleased to meet you. 
Lakeside is located at 1893 Sunset Point Road in Clearwater. Take Sunset Point Road west from U.S. Highway 19. We are halfway between 19 and the beach. If you stay around after the service to meet Pastor Steve, he would be honored to meet you. Lakeside also operates one of the finest Christian schools in the area. Learn more about that at lakesidechristianschool.org. That's lakesidechristianschool.org. Verse by Verse Ministries is pleased to offer these lessons to you through this radio station as well as our website, versebyverseradio.org. If you would like to hear this program again or go back and catch one you missed, you can do either or both at the website. We also offer a free podcasting service as well as a complimentary newsletter. You will find all that and more at versebyverseradio.org. As I mentioned earlier, today's class is part of a three-part message. Sometimes it's nice to hear the entire message at one time. If you would like to do that, you can order an audio CD by calling us at 727-441-1714. Leave your name and a number, and we will return your call during weekday office hours. The number again, 727-441-1714. Please remember that Verse by Verse Ministries is a faith ministry supported by the gifts and prayers of interested listeners who have first been faithful to their home church. There is plenty more we can learn from 2 Peter chapter 3. So join us for our next Verse by Verse Radio Bible class for an important lesson that we should learn from the tension between divine sovereignty and human responsibility. We are here to give you strength between... Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.